0: Yo, my bad y'all shit Mac is Macbook is Didn't want to do what it's what, it, what it's told to do. Give me one Moment uh, Let me see <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. Let's see who we got. Ilmatic, John Walker, Shogun, what's happening? Good evening. Good evening. Let me see. Okay. We're good. A lot to unpack tonight and go over. So without further ado, let me read the spiel, the shtick real quick. Um, where is it? Where is it? All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, okay. So now you are tuned in to another episode of the Star Show featuring Super Slot 75. Uh, I want to give a shout-out shout out to our producer extraordinaire, Cindy Ashby. You can always find us on www.ontherickwakerradio.com. We're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio for replays. Uh, also, please feel free to donate any amounts, which will go to the website in airtime. It's a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please feel free to help keep the message uncensored and free. You can always donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me under YouTube under Super Slot 75, and my backup channel is uh, a heavily flawed individual. Merchandise is always available at teespring.com forward slash Super Slot 75. Tonight's breakdown uh, is brought to you. Uh, Thanks to a very generous donation by Alex. Don't want to say your last name out of respect. So uh, tonight uh, we thank Alex for this uh, breakdown because I got a lot to unpack. And I mean a lot. So let me get everything ready to roll. Pew. Pew, pew, pew. All right. Okay. So now. Pamela, hey, Hurricane, what's happening? Okay, so the first movie uh, is actually, it's a it's an oldie. Actually, this is my first time uh, I, I watched it. I heard about it. First time I ever watched it. Um, interesting. It's uh, by George Lucas. It's George Lucas's first film ever. It is THX. Dash eleven thirty eight. This is the movie that uh, Spielberg funded for George Lucas, and um, so there's some meanings behind these acronyms—not even acronyms, but like these uh, code letters, these code names, because it's a very dystopian future. Um, it's it's a weird one. So break down for the names real quick. So the main character played by Robert Duvall, he goes by THX. THX stands for sex. His roommate is Lull. Stands for love. Okay, so they're connected via sex and love after refusing to take uh, the government-mandated mind-altering drugs. There's a bad guy played by Donald Pleasance. His name is Sin. Actually stands for Sin. Uh, There's the one prisoner that... Uh, sin meets in prison is SRT. That's Sarta, the uh, philosopher. There's another prisoner, NCH, and his stands for Nietzsche. And then the last one is PTO. Is Plato. So PTO, NTH, SRT, and Sin are pretty much all prisoners, but we'll get it, it, it it'll get to that in a minute. So Johnny good. what's happening? Genesis, hey. Faith, hey, SKC. I don't even know why you here, bro. Because this content is not up your up your uh, up your is not your up your up your alley. It's, it's not your thing, but whatever. So now, it's a very dystopian future. They they live underground. The it's all under under city. All right. So here we go. So then, the opening scene. There is a fourteen seventy eight oil painting by Hans Memling. It is the Christ giving his blessing. Opening scene is a black and white episode of Buck Rogers. A guard escorts a child to its room. There's a production line; they make androids. They're being built. Thx is told to back off. His measurements are off. He's told to take four rod capsules. So what happens is there's this assembly line, and he places like the the, the core reactor inside the uh the inside the, the brain of the android. But it's a very delicate, and very tedious process. Okay. So now if one um, is not properly sedated, failure to do so may result in prosecution for criminal drug evasion. See, in this society, you have to take the drugs. If you don't take the drugs, it's a, it's a crime. Okay. There's a radiation overload and explosion on the production floor. There's a report of illegal sexual activity. So in this future, In this universe, sex is illegal. Contact to contact. All right. Uh, Neuron brain dendrites are for sale. A dendrite is basically an extension of a nerve cell. It receives stimulation for the the cell to become active. It's a conductor of electrical messages to the neuron. Now, THX admits to sleeping on a thermal transfer at work. He's being tired because he he stopped taking the drugs. He says his mate has been acting strange and that he feels different. He has a hard time concentrating. THX is taking a drug called etrocine. He wanted some pineural. Pineural is like a uh, diluted form of the pineal. It's like a liquid form of of the pineal gland. Um, And then at the apartment, THX is watching a virtual uh, reality show of a naked black woman dancing and it's like a it's a it's a visual it's a hologram of a a naked black woman dancing okay so then they have a device that he uses to masturbate because like i said sex is forbidden okay he flicks through the various virtual channels and begins to watch a guard beat up a worker with a bat law his mate stands against the wall she has been swapping out his meds okay THX tells Lull he doesn't feel well. THX has a vomit spell. Lul has to put him in bed. THX and Lull have sex. That's illegal. Their actions are being observed on camera by staff. Lul tells THX they know they've been watched. They've been watching us. There is a malfunctioning android walking into a wall. The next morning, THX and Lull bow down to uh, to a virtual prison. Oh, I'm sorry. They bow down to a virtual person in a hooded cloak. Okay. THX has stopped taking his meds, which has sparked his libido for Law. But it was Law who, who stopped giving him his meds and his food. So it was the woman who did it. Law tells THX, THX, if he goes back on sedation, he won't feel the same about her. And she'll be reported for drug violation. THX tells her he has a slip movement to perform at work. And he won't be able to make it the way he is now. He says he can't go on forever. She tells him he can do it without the etrocine. She says, let's leave after his next shift. Lull tells THX she's been given a shift change. He tells her, don't go. She says, he's a G34 classification. So whoever ordered the, the shift change is a, is, has the has clearance to do so. All right. He tells her to file a report. She says she doesn't want to make trouble. He says, "She says you're going to get us in trouble." Uh, THX then asks Sin. So Sin, the bad guy, Donald Pleasants, he hacked into the system. He's the one that ordered her shift change. Okay. Uh, THX tells him he's in violation of living arrangements. Are set by computers. THX walks away. Sin tells him he ranked high in sanitation and that Lul should said she felt uh, they were no longer compatible. It was just a lie. Okay, Sin shows up at THX's workspace. Sin tells THX Lull has been transferred to area 5450. Okay, THX is told to retract something, it's touching the TTO integrates modules. He's told to sh- switch tools. And if he needs a stronger pill, uh, THX is told he's getting uh, the Talmud contact. And the THX submits a work violation against Sin for illegal programming. THX then enters a critical phase as his eyes begin to roll back into his head. He's basically spassing out because he's not on the drugs. All right. Uh, He's suffering severe sedation, depletion. A nuclear rod is misplaced and creates a radiation overload. THX is then escorted to a research cell pending trial. A mind lock was performed in THX's cell. THX then is convicted of drug evasion, sexual perversion, And he's to be uh, continued and held into detention. So these are all crimes. All right. THX is then pronounced incurable. He has a psychotic break and is in custody. THX undergoes condition reinforced medication under observation. THX then has more psychotic breaks. Lull is allowed to visit THX and they immediately have sex. Okay. Love is then taken away. She Before they take her away, she tells him she's pregnant. It's a big no-no. Later, Sin uh, runs into THX and says he knows uh, he turned him in. Sin tells THX to stay out, of, stay out uh, of things he doesn't understand. Sin and THX then find an exit out of the prison because they're all in prison at this point. This is where they meet Nietzsche, Sarda, Plato, okay? They meet one of the virtual actors. SRT. SRT is a brother. SRT in the very beginning was one of the virtual uh, performers uh, on the video channel that THX was watching. It is a brief instant. It was brief. If you blinked, you missed it. Okay. So he's in prison. Okay. So during the confusion and the escape, THX and SRT make it to the control room when THX learns that Lull has been consumed. And has been reassigned to fetus 66691 in a growth chamber. So basically, (laughs) they uh, reconstituted her. They broke her down. They broke her her molecules down. Basically, they they turned into back into a fetus. So she's pretty much dead. And they killed the baby as well. Okay. Sin discovered, uh, he's discovered by a monk that he has uh, no ID tag. Sin beats the monk and then finds himself a monk's. Ah, uh, children, and then is picked up by the android police. Thx and the brother SRT steal two cop cars. <laughs> Thx drives off, but SRT crashes into a pole, not even ten feet. Okay, androids on motorcycles chase Thx through the city. Outside the city limits, he ditches the car and followed. He's followed by the androids. Uh, Thx enters a ventilation shaft, and then central command orders the pursuit to cease. For budgetary reasons, it'll cost too much money to capture him at this point. The guards uh, then uh, try to convince THX the surface is uninhabitable. THX doesn't listen. He continues up the shaft anyway. THX arrives at the surface, revealing the entire city was underground. As he watches the sun setting, there's a bird that flies across the background. So this whole time, these people have been lied to by the government. Saying you can't go up top because it's scorched earth, radiation poisoning, blah blah blah, and the whole time there's life on uh, the on the on the top side. So that was THX 1138. That was George Lucas's very first movie, uh, happily funded by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, I mean you know, yeah. Okay, all right. Second breakdown. I'm a I, I like this one. I'm, I'm a fan of this one for us old heads uh enemy mine enemy mine lewis gossett jr uh dennis quaid okay so there's a lot going on with this a lot of metaphors a lot of symbolism with this one of course you have the white savior that's the first obvious thing the white savior role okay all right so here we go the drax (laughs) reg i I thought about you reg (laughs) Reg, I'm sorry. Brother, I broke it down for you, brother. I didn't forget you. (laughs) All right. So the Drax, the race uh, that Louis Gossett Jr. is playing. Okay. The Drax. Now, this is how deep this shit goes. The Drax were claiming squatters rights to some of the most richest star systems of the planet. Now, walk with me. The Drax. The Dragons. Okay, these are black people. What group of people over the last couple of years have been claiming property by using squatters' rights? Okay, this is a very old movie, early 80s. And yet you have a melanated race of beings using squatters' rights to claim property. All right, let's go. So during a space battle, And also the Drax are reptil or are reptilian. Okay, so during a space battle, Davidge, played by Quaid, cripples a Drax ship, but then he inadvertently crashes into the ship, killing his co-pilot, and they both cla- they, they both crash on the planet. All right, they crash land on the hostile planet. It's called Furing Four. Davidge looks for the Drax pilot. His name is Jereba Shigan. That's played by Gossett, L- Gossett Junior. Okay, Davidge plot he plots to kill jariba a Massive electrical storm hits. Jeriba dives in a pool of water while Davidge empties his fuel and then sets the pond on fire trying to kill Jeriba, But is then electrocuted trying to steal supplies from Jeriba's ship. Jeriba has Davidge tied up. Okay. Davidge calls him Toadface. Now, what do Aryans refer to black people as in prison? Toads. I'm not making this shit up, okay? All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Got that. Okay. Jeriba feeds Davidge. A meteor storm arrives, then passes. Later that night, Davidge escapes his bonds and steals some food. Jariba catches him. They form an uneasy truce because they're on a hostile planet because everything is deadly on this planet, okay? They learn each other's language somewhat. Jariba even cracks a joke calling Davidge ugly. Davage mentions the phrase, uh, if at first you don't succeed, causing excitement in Jariba, Jariba says, you learn that from the great drag teacher, Kisma. Davidge says, no, from Mickey Mouse. Jariba says, human, give up too easy. And that Kisma teaches that intelligent life takes a stand. Davidge laughs and says, if it weren't for him, they wouldn't be there. They accuse each other of, they, they, accuse, they accuse each other's races of starting the war. While hunting, Davidge falls into a pit. Uh, uh, one of the planet's most dangerous uh, predators. Davidge's flesh is being ripped from his leg. jeriba shoots one of the creature's tentacles. The creature reveals itself. Then jeriba shoots it three more times, killing it. Okay, Davidge discusses the uh, discovers that the shells from the, from the indigenous creatures uh, can withstand the impact from meteor strikes. Davidge's uh, injuries. Oh, I'm sorry. Davidge inquires about learning the Drac language. Jiriba gives Davidge a miniature version of a talma. It's called a talma. Years go by. There's a passage David reads and, and says there's a similar passage in the human Talmud. Dereba says, of course you have, of course you have. Truth is truth. Let me see. This. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, it says, I Okay, Says, I received evil from another. Let no one do evil in return or rather let him extend love to the enemy that love might unite them. Jariba then begins to sing the words of of the uh, of the Talmud, almost like in Islam when you sing the deeds. Uh, you know, you sing the hadiths. Okay. Jariba then begins to sing the words of the song. Another media shower hits. They begin fighting each other out of frustration. Davidge says they're beginning to go crazy and that they need somehow to get off the planet. Jariba decides to stay while Davidge leaves to go exploring the planet. He promises to come back with help. Okay, Davidge explores different parts of the planet. He finds a Pepsi can. Different parts and the skulls of a dead drac. They're scavenger ships that strip mine the planets using dracs for slave labor. So Davidge returns back to Jerry. Jerry tells Davidge that he's or it's pregnant. Drax are hermaphrodites and are pathogenic, so they can, self, they can self-reproduce. Later that night, they're, they're attacked by another tentacle creature uh, in their hut. They escape, but their shelter is destroyed, and they're in the middle of a blizzard. Oh, shit. They stumble into a cave. Jerry teaches Davidge his Jeriba language, and Davidge, in return, teaches Jerry his lineage. Jerry's lineage goes back 170 generations. Jerry begins to have contractions. Jerry says something is wrong. Jerry says this is why humans are alone within themselves because they have separated the sexes into two separate halves, which is why they have joy during their brief union of sex. Jerry then tells Davidge he must stand beside Zami's In front of the holy council. And recite his lineage. Okay. Davidge swears to do so. Jerry dies during childbirth. Okay. Years go by. And Zamis is a preteen. Davidge tries to explain to Zamis. The difference between Drax and humans. Davidge hears another scavenger ship. And goes to see who's on it. Or what's on it. He sees they're using Drax. Again for slave labor. He then tries to explain the dangers of the scavengers. Davidge teaches Zamis to play football. Later, Zamis runs to the scavenger ship and sees the atrocities and begins to cry and gets nearly captured. uh, Davidge shoots one of the captors in the neck with a bow and arrow before killing the second captor. Zamis gets uh, in the way and then uh, he then is shot. Okay? So they take, they shoot. Davidge He's shot. They think he's dead. They snatch up zombies, okay? Later on at his funeral, Davidge's body is about to be shot into space. The, the workers attempt to take his talma that Jerry gave him. It's like, it's like a necklace with a mini talma on it. Davidge wakes up. They rush into the hospital. Davidge has been missing for three years. Uh, his partner, Will, has recovered uh, I don't know. So is recovered and is going back to furying for to find Zamis. Okay, David is asking the Drax slaves if they seen Zamis because he went back to the planet. He stole a ship, went back to the planet. So now he he can he can talk the language. So he's he's asking the slaves, the Drax, have they seen Zamis? David then engages one of the captures and throws him down a a, a grinder. The Drax tell Davidge where to find Zamis. Davidge disperses uh, three more captors. Davidge then finds Zamis sleeping, but is then caught by Stubbs, the leader. Uh, he remembers he killed his brother. Davidge then escapes and begins to fight them off. Stubbs then threatens to throw Zamis off the tier. Davidge then engages Stubbs while Zamis fa- uh, falls into a smelting cart. Davidge then saves Zamis then re-engages His fight with Stubbs Other BTA force members So basically Davidge's crew They show up uh, They arrive on a planet Stubbs is then shot in the back by an old Drax slave Zamis And Davidge are then reunited The Drax are freed Later Davidge takes Zamis To Draco to recite the Jeriba lineage in front of the Holy Council. Then, in later time, when Zamis brought his own children before the council, Davids' name was added to the Jeriba line. Man. (laughs) I know it was a short review, but that movie is so fucking deep. (laughs) So many tropes. In this particular movie, I think this came out, I think it came out in 1983, I believe. Um, yeah, Enemy Mine, y'all. I remember it was a lot of brouhaha over this movie when it first came out. It was a really big, big deal. Uh, because Louis Gossett Jr. was a big star at the time, so it was in its This was a big deal, and then of course, uh, him playing the alien, you know. But yeah, the white savior role is all it's all, it's all imprinted all over this, so um. I, liked, I still like it, even to this day. I, you know, I get to appreciate these movies as, as I watch them as I'm older now. I can see so, so many different things I can pick out. So, that was Enemy Mind. Yeah. All right. Now, before I get into Castlevania Season 3, there's one important episode from Season 2 that I must go over. Okay? I mean, I, for those that have been watching this series, you know what happens. But there's a conversation between the priest... And Lisa, Lisa is Vlad, was, was Vlad's wife, Lisa Tepish. Okay, let me find it, let me find it, let me find it. There we go. Okay, here we go. So before I get to season three, season two, uh, episode one, the bishop accuses Lisa of using Satan's tools. They deem her mini centrifuge witchcraft. So the old lady set up Lisa. The old lady went to Lisa for help. Lisa gave her help, gave her some herbs. So as she's leaving, the bishop and his, and his crew walk up. Okay. And then Bishop asks, how can agents of the devil be, phys- uh, be a physician's woman? So Lisa says, it's ancient knowledge. Sciences from older times lost in history. He looks at one of her, one of her books and deems it paganism. Lisa says, no, it's just science. It has nothing to do with any God. And then the, the, the bishop looks at her and she's like, wait, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. The, <laughs> and, she, and, and he says, nothing to do with God. So then Lisa stammers saying she didn't mean to say it that way. The bishop says to take her to the cathedral. There will be an inquisition after she's been interred. So then they burn her at the stake as a witch. Dracula returns from a trip. Finds out he runs into the old lady because of how he goes back to the house. The house is burned down. There's the old lady with the flowers saying, that you know what they did there was a shame. He's like, Well, where's where is she? Where's my wife? That's when he that's when he finds out that humans killed her. And that's when uh uh Vlad calls his war council to go to war with the humans. Okay. So that all took place in season two. Season three now we got the remnants of of the remaining of what happened in season two. We have cypher and and trevor they're a couple so they go across the lands killing creatures for money we have isaac the brother the muslim who uh dracula saved sent him through the the portal mirror into africa and then we have carmilla one of the last generals from the war and then we have what's his name i not isaac but uh uh hector hector Hector. Hector is now Camilla's slave at this point. But let's, let's get into it. Okay. Okay. So Cypher and Trevor are an item. Camilla and Hector make it back to Asteria. Uh, they, she re- reunites with her sisters. I'm going to get into the, the vampire sisters. There's some fuckery with this. Okay. Uh, the sisters are Striga, Morana, and Lenore. Morana is a black. Or she's melanated. She's a melanated vampire. Okay. Cypher and Trevor arrive in Lindenfield and meet the judge. They meet the monk, uh, Prior Sala. Okay. Prior Sala is key. Prior's monk's uh, cult believes they'll resurrect Dracula. Okay. That's their whole get down is to resurrect Dracula. Now, we all know. We all played the Castlevania games. Every game, you kill Dracula. And he comes back in a sequel. So let's cut the bullshit. Dracula will will return in this series without question. Okay. So then now we see Isaac. He makes his way out of Africa, going marching to Europe with his his little army of of undead creatures. All right. He wants revenge on Hector and Camilla. Mainly Hector because he feels Hector basically turned on Dracula, which he kind of did. So, okay. So then... Uh, he. Okay, so uh, yeah, Isaac goes to to a, uh, a a store. He gets a mirror. There's a a, a, a certain mirror, and, like the mirror, like to be called Sir. Isaac wants revenge on Hector and wishes to fulfill Dracula's war against the humans. Isaac takes his ship to Genoa to find a transmission mirror. Okay, transmission mirror is what Dracula used to send him through to to Africa. So it's it's a portal. Okay, you think the thought and you send a person through where you go wherever where you want to go, and the mirror takes you there. Okay. Carmilla wants to expand the territory of Styria. She wants Hector to create new creatures to replenish their army. Lenore uh, takes up the task of converting Hector to Camilla's cause. Lenore is the the sweet vampire chick. She's the the nice one. Striga is the six-foot manly. She's in charge of the armies. She's the manly-looking vampire, okay? Trevor meets a uh, court with Saint Germain. Saint Germain asks Pryor to enter the prior the priory church, and works as a scribe uh, and has knowledge of Dracula. Okay, so Saint Germain is looking for something. Prior has no interest in the church. For the church killed Dracula's wife, he grants Saint Germain uh, invite or limited access. Prior tells uh, Germain Dracula went to hell to be with his wife. Okay. Value card. The sun. He meets Sumi and Taka. They want his help to kill Cho. Cho, if you remember from season two, was one of Dracula's generals in the war count, the war council. Cho is dead, but they don't know that. Okay, Cho was killed by, uh, by Cypher. Remember, they remember she turned into a mist. Cypher hit her with the ice blast and broke the ice the ice into a bunch of pieces and that's how Cho got killed, but they don't know Cho's dead. They want him to teach them to how to kill Cho. Okay. So episode three, Cypher and Trevor have a uh, dinner with the judge. The judge tells them the night Lindenfeld was attacked by night creatures. The main creature escaped to the, to the priory. It converted the people in the church. The monks then emerged from the church and claimed to have killed the creature. Uh, A priest later arrives and is taken into the priory. He asks for Trevor and Cypher's help. Isaac is on a ship. It's just a Jamaican captain. It It tells the captain his story. Isaac finds the human race worthless. Isaac explains why vampires cannot be forged masters. It requires a human connection. He takes a demon from hell and places it in a human body. The captain tells Isaac... If you wipe out all the humans, you wipe out the kindness, the gifts, and the jokes. He tells Isaac he can be a leader and teach those to be kinder. Lenore, back at the back of the Styria, Lenore begins the process of manipulating and converting Hector uh, to to, uh, Camilla's side. Okay. Episode four alucard sumi and taka alucard has two little dolls crafted in the likeness of trevor and cypher because he's alone in the castle sumi asks about the device that can move the castle alucard tells sumi cypher melted it remember in in season two dracula can move the castle wherever he wanted to you know because of the uh the engine inside of it but it got destroyed okay Sumi and Taka were a part of Cho's honor guard. They escaped and tried to hunt her down. Akar agrees to teach them magic. Striga, the manly vampire, and Lenore, oh, no, not no I'm sorry. Striga and Morana, the black vampire. They're lesbians. So you got a black and white lesbian vampire couple. Okay. Okay. St. Germain goes to the priory. He sees a massive upside down crucifix, possibly pointing down to a night creature tied up in the basement. Say as above, so below. So the the, the crucifix is upside down pointing down. All right. And then the creature on the bottom crucifix pointed up. Okay. St. Germain tells prior his cult symbol is the alchemical symbol of sulfur. It's used to denote hell. Cipher and Trevor do recon on the Priory. Lenora continues to psychologically break Hector. Isaac lands in Genoa and is greeted with hostility, and has his his night creatures slaughter the opposition. Okay, now we're in episode four. Back at the Priory, Saint Germain locates the uh, portal in the in the basement. He's looking for the night corridor portal because he's looking for somebody in the in the portal. All right, Cipher and Trevor confront Saint Germain. He tells her what he's looking for is a cult in nature. The sign of lead is an H means transformation and redemption. Okay. They then refer to Christ as Yeshua. Huh? Ayukard and Sumi and Taka, you know, they playfully spar. St. Germain tells them he lost someone in the infinite corridor and the portal is under the priory. We get to episode five. Lenore takes Hector for a walk on a leash outside. She then gives him a nicer cell and flirts with him and gives him a book on vampire magic. Cypher then tells Trevor they should help St. Germain. St. Germain has a vision of the Infinite Corridor. He sees a giant mechanical robot. He see- Then he sees kids running in ancient Egypt. He then sees a ship resembling the space jockeys. Uh-huh. And then from uh, from yeah the space jockeys from Prometheus, uh, the alien franchise. He then sees an, an aboriginal man. He then sees the image of a woman in a dimensional staircase like Interstellar. She gives him the gem that helps him find the portal. Saint Germain then wakes up. Isaac then uh, tells one of his night creatures and, and asks, asks him about his human life. Uh, the creature says he was a philosopher. Uh, he was a, you know he was a he was a scholar this is a very deep conversation between the creature and Isaac. So the creature says he was a scholar in Athens, he was a philosopher, but then Christianity took over. It was a crime to question the creator of the of the divine. It was uh, uh, to be a philosopher was a sin, and sinners were hunted down into salvation he was tortured in a church and gave up others to spare his life he was killed anyways he woke up in hell he learned to like sin he then thanks isaac for his new second life that was a very very deep conversation okay episode 6 sumi then asks alikar can the engine move the castle or can the engine that moved the castle be fixed he says uh, it can, but it will take some time. See, they have ulterior motives—motives, uh, Sumi and Taka. Okay, which will come into play. Alucard says he has no desire to move the castle. Alucard shows them lightning and the Belmont Hall. Back at Lindenfeld, uh, there's a boy running through the town. The judge tells him to stop running and gives him directions to a giant apple tree, and the boy runs off. And follows his directions to go find the apple tree. We'll come back to this. St. Germain finds a book containing a legion of demons. Germain then asks Prior, why is this book in a church? And there are pages missing about how to resurrect people from hell. The book was written by a forge master 200 years prior. Isaac, we're back to Isaac. He then travels deeper into Genoa and meets an old former forge master named Miranda. She tells him of a magician that has enslaved the people and made them build a tower with a transmission mirror. Isaac decides to kill the magician to use the mirror to transport to Styria. Back at the priory, Germain heads downstairs and sees the night creature tied up, nailed in a crucifix position. Okay. Striga goes over battle plans. Sumi and Taka grow impatient with Alucard. Saint Germain wakes the creature up and runs into Prior Sala. Germain reveals what he saw to the judge, Cypher, and Trevor. The priory has been desecrated. They come up with a plan to help Germain get to the infinite corridor. The monks were under the night creature's mind control. Lenore explains her ring to Hector. It the black is for the night. And red is for the blood. It's a symbol for loyalty. She kisses his cheek, and she tells him she likes him. The judge, Trevor, and Cypher march to the priory. Episode 9. Uh, okay, so the families in Lindenfeld, that all got the H's on their houses. they are all been firebombed. Okay? Uh, and then all their souls are harvested by the night creature in the priory. Isaac begins his assault on the tower in the village. Uh, The citizens have an energy crown of thorns around their heads. Third eye. with, With the third eye open. Okay. So then Sumi and Taka. Okay. Sumi, Taka, and Alicard have a threesome. Not just any old threesome. Alicard is bisexual fine, okay, so the night creature then opens a portal, and the demon legion enters, uh, they come out of the portal for battle, okay, Isaac's army of night creatures gets decimated by the uh, the hordes of zombified villagers, they begin to lock arms and form a giant ball of bodies known as legion, if you played the video games of Castlevania, then you know what legion legion is, legion is like a huge body of a huge ball of bodies, okay, You have to play the video game to know what I'm talking about, Isaac rides to the tower. Isaac runs up the stairs to face the magician. Cypher and Trevor engage the demon legion back in Lindenfeld. Isaac then has to fight off the magician's crown of thorns. He breaks the spell and stabs the magician, killing him and breaking the hold on the villagers as the bodies begin to fall from the sky. It's an awesome scene. Okay. During during sex, Lenore tells Hector... She she tells him like say you belong to me, okay. He tells her he belongs to her, thus giving her whatever remaining free will he has left. Once he tells her he'll be loyal to her, she slips a magical ring on his finger, causing him great pain and binding him to her. During the threesome, Sumi Taka bind Alucard to the bed in a crucifix position with silver then attempt to stab and kill him. Trevor, Cypher and Jermaine engage the night creature and prior and the portal opens up to hell and we see Dracula holding Lisa in his arms. Okay. Episode 10, Isaac finds teleportation mirror as the Priory. Then the night creature, uh, himself and summons its legion. Cypher, Trevor, uh, and Jermaine commence battle. The creatures are dispatched leaving only the giant knight creature. Now, some of the creatures, there's one that, that resembles Cthulhu. There is one that resembles a minotaur. There's a lion with six legs. There's a creature that looks like uh, the one of the angels from Eva uh, from Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you know what that series is, that there's one of those creatures that look like that. Okay, so then outside the Priory Prior Sala meets the judge. He then stabs the judge. The judge then tells Prior the directions to the apple tree. He says, yeah, go ahead. Okay, you want you won. You won. You won. You won freedom? You want a clear path out of here? Here's a direction to the apple tree. Remember the apple tree. Remember the apple tree. Okay. So then Sala, Prior Sala runs off. Cipher then electrocutes the four-legged lion, and then joins Trevor. Trevor then uh, breaks out his whip, the classic whip from a, the, the game series, along with his Morning Star, because that's what that's what his mace is called, the Morning Star. We all know that, right? And then he begins to enter the creature Saint Germain, and then jabs the the jewel in the one of the eyes of the of the night creature, and then he sees his the female figure that he's looking for. The infinite corridor opens up. St. Germain then closes the portal from the inside. He thanks them both. And he says he'll see them in hell. Okay. So then the portal closes up. Now, back at Alucard's place, before Sumi and Taka stab Alucard, they tell him he lied to them. Everybody lies to them. They'll find a way to move the castle and build their own empire. Then Alucard's sword slits their throats. Because remember, Alucard doesn't like magic, but he has a magical sword that he got from his father. Slices their throats and they die in bed. Okay. Then Cypher, Trevor, uh, they escape to find the judge. The judge tells them the direction to the apple tree because he's he's dying from a stab wound from prior. And he's telling them to burn his house down. While running, Salah finds the apple tree. He then falls into a pit of spikes, killing him. Apple tree. Cypher and Trevor, Trevor find the pit with Sala's body in front of the apple tree. And then there's skeletons of small children in that very same pit. Remember the little boy that the judge told to stop, stop running through the city, through the town? Okay, this is what the judge did. The judge, because he, he hates when children run runs through his town, he purposely built this pit with spikes and purposely send these kids off to go look for the apple tree and they fall into the fucking pit of spikes. This is what he does to children. Okay, so then then they go back to the judge's house and then they find the shoes of all the children that fell into the pit. So he would collect their shoes as a as a as a memento or as a trophy for all the little kids that fell into the pit because they, he told them to go because they were running in town. Back at the castle, Lenore brings Hector into the round table. Lenore has uh, had the vampire magician craft them all slave rings to control Hector and his night creatures. Because Hector is now loyal to Lenore, Camilla, Striga, and Morana each get rings. If Hector tries to take off, uh, take off the ring or run away, it will cause him great Pain, or if he tries to harm Lenore, it will cause him great pain. In exchange, Hector gets a comfy life. Lenore then tells Hector she made him into her pet. Alucard then puts Sumi and Taka's bodies on pikes outside of the castle. In series. Alex, I see you in the chat, brother. I got you. I got you. I got you tonight. I got you tonight. That was Castlevania season three now to me this was a step back okay first two seasons steps forward this one was a step back okay um we all know dracula is, is he's coming back he's going to return so i'm looking forward to them re- um i'm looking f- i'm forward to, to to vlad coming back because really that was he was the only reason i even watched this series because of him and and his his confliction and his struggle okay that's pretty much it but Castlevania Season 3. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Now, what's my next breakdown? My next breakdown. Oh, you know what? Briefly, 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 I'm going to break down Self-Made. Now, now, technically, I, it was me. I was the first one that called this one The Color Purple 2. Okay? Like, I think two weeks ago, I said, yo, I watched Self-Made. I thought I was watching The Color Purple 2, the sequel. This literally is, literally, this could literally be a sequel to Color Purple 2. Seriously, this is how bad the movie was. I'm not gonna go in depth. I'm not gonna cr- go crazy deep with it, but some points that I want per episode, I want to bring out and mention. Okay, so now we all know, Madam Walker didn't. uh Basic Annie, Annie, the Annie lady was who was her was her mentor, showed her the ropes. She wasn't miss. She wasn't a mulatto. Okay, so now first things first, Casey Lemons. Was a producer, LeBron James producer of this trash ass series. It was four episodes, like an hour long. Okay, um, so then you have this, this, uh, this eventual setup with the light skin, uh, the mulatto Annie versus the dark skin, um, CJ uh, Madam Walker, and like a mock. Boxing uh ring, you know there was this this eternal struggle of light skin versus dark skin, which was, and then all these tropes about light skin, dark skin, things that they had Annie say, "Well, you 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 know you'll never look like me," type of shit in this movie. This movie was disgusting. Not only that, but then the men were either either cowards or or just seriously emasculated or just useless or like sniveling gossip hounds. Uh Garrett Morris played the daddy. He was CJ's dad. And he was like the sniveling, snivelly old man, the gossipy old man. Um, Blair Underwood played a husband. He was useless. Now, mind you, this guy was an ad exec. He was, you know, and she would never use none of his ideas. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get into, I'm not going to go crazy deep with it. Okay, so... In episode two, when, when Walker was talking to the ladies that she was talking to the wives of all the prominent men at this, at this function, she says, listen, she says, most of y'all got degrees and you're smarter than your husbands. I was floored. I was floored because she was trying to get funding for her, for her factory. And so she figured she appealed to the wives of these prominent men. And, yeah, she said most of y'all got degrees and you're smarter than y'all's, y'all's husbands. Okay. That was in episode two. And then she continues to say, she says, many of us fear harm from our own husbands. So now you're propagating the domestic violence. So now you're insinuating that women just getting their asses whooped by their husbands on a, on a regular Insane, insane. Um, okay, so let me continue. Let me continue on. Hold on, give me one moment. One moment. One moment. Ah, damn it. Clipboard. Okay, okay. There we go. Okay. Um, So, okay. So then, and then she continues on her rant. Wives were complacent in wifely duties. Wallace wanted to compete with the men, basically. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Walker, Walker. Walker tells the audience of men their wives are wasting their talents in the back. Now, mind you, she crashed the event. This is where. What's his face? The, the the I think it's not w e. du Bois, the boy's other guy, the other guy. what's the other what's the other mulatto hero guy? what Washington, right? No, not Washington. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is. so she's telling she's telling these women and all these people this men and women this in front of everybody, right? Uh, and then she says, she says, and this is how you can truly uplift the race. I'm I'm floored. okay. so then uh, Walker brags to uh, to Washington about how she pays her workers four times. yeah, Booker T. I'm sorry thank you Booker T. Washington. Uh, she tells Washington how she pays her workers four times the the rate of a of a washer. Booker T says you're going to have women out earning the men. Walker says, we can all be uplifted. Washington says, the Negro man must be uplifted first. I said, hot damn, hot fucking damn. And then he says, her outburst is the reason you ladies need to be kept in your place. So then uh, Walker refers to everything as hers. The daddy. Um. CJ's daddy was like, you need to listen to what she's saying, what she's not saying. That, that's not y'all. She, she says everything is hers, her this, her that. So the daddy was trying to get, put uh, CJ on, up on game, right? Walker wanted to mortgage the house against the factory. CJ said, no, it's his house. And what he says goes. Then it gets deeper. It gets deeper. Oh, it gets deeper. Oh, it gets deeper. So then the wives come to her house and they come together to fund the factory. Now, Lelia's L- 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 husband, played by Tiffany Haddish. N- n- let me just say this. Tiffany Haddish cannot act. Oh, she's a horrible, horrible. Don't even Don't even call her an actress. The scene where she's trying to convey the struggle. Of being a closeted lesbian to her mother, she cannot fucking act to save her life. This oh oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. So then Lilia's husband goes to start giving information to Addie. CJ is cheating on Walker with a mulatto chick. Her name is Dora. Episode four the factory's up and running. Walker suspects her son in law of being up to something. That's Lilia's husband. Walker tells CJ she wants to be bigger than Carnegie, Ford, and Rockefeller together. Walker has unresolved colorist issues from mixed women. Okay. CJ's dad yeah, berates him for not having his own. He tells him Walker refers to everything as hers. The son in law makes up uh, makes copies of Walker's financial records to give to Annie. Or yeah, Annie. And uh, okay. So, um, Dora's top rep, Dora, the Chicago, Chicago branch. Uh, they take five of her top reps to forge an alliance and they all go work for Addie, or Annie. Okay. And then Walker meets with WEB Du Bois. CJ is further relegated to the background. She rejected his Walker girl as an ad pitch. He had an ad pitch for a Walker girl, but she kept seeing a mixed chick right on a bike, so that was her own little hangup, and that's kind of what prevented her from moving forward with his ad idea. Because this is what this, this is what the guy does. He's an ad exec. That's what he does. He, needs to, he creates ads. Walker then leaves her tap the uh, leaves her top five sales agents left uh, to work for Addy. She that's when she learns they they switch sides. Walker then leaves. CJ learns CJ sleeping with Dora. Walker taunts CJ, saying, "What she make you feel like a man?" CJ responds, "I am a man, but you ain't no kind of woman. You don't cook for me anymore. You don't forgot what a wife's supposed to do. You don't forgot all about your husband. I'm a man, and Dora knows it. That's why I slept with her." like, oh my god wow okay (laughs) so then later on walker has a meeting with white investors and then they have cj show up drunk so he ruined he ruined the meeting with the investors because he he's a he shows up drunk okay so then the son-in-law's uh basically leah has a full-blown lesbian relationship now I can't make head to tails of this. They say she, she never was, was gay. Then I, I heard other, and I'm seeing other people say, no, it was confirmed that she was, I couldn't, I couldn't make head to tails of it either way. Um, am I surprised they put this, this trope in there? No, I'm not. was it necessary, you know? Okay. So then <laughs> the grandfather played by Garrett Morris. He actually, he says, he says, uh, Where your husband at, gal? She says, she don't know. She don't care. And the grandpa says, that's your problem. He snitched and and, and he's been sneaking around with Addie Monroe. Addie plans to publish Walker's recipe in the newspaper. So then it implies that Walker stole Addie's recipe. She confronts uh, John coming out of Addie's uh, apartment. She begins to dance at the thought of divorcing him. Walker is still haunted by the light skinned Walker uh, white the light uh, Walker girl ad campaign, and finally throws water on the on the negative thought. Water is cleansing purification. Okay. So then, Walker makes plans to open a salon in Harlem. Lelia's girlfriend doesn't doesn't want to go to Harlem with her. Walker tells CJ to leave. Episode four. Walker becomes a household name. She officially moves to Harlem. Lilia's salon is called the Dark Tower. How odd. Walker then passes out and is told her kidneys are failing and that she's dying. He wants her to go vegetarian and take a year off from work. Walker then tells Lilia she wants grandbabies. CJ then goes to New York to make her sign divorce papers. Walker wants to wants assurance that no one else would use her name to sell her products. Lilia and her girlfriend make plans to mo- to move to Paris. Her girlfriend knows the daughter uh, of Saunders Industries. Set up a meeting. Blah 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 blah. Walker lives next to Rockefeller. Addie threatens to sue Walker over her hair formula. Now this is their scene. This is a scene where CJ says, "Well, I made it better." Okay. Uh, Okay, CJ admits to giving the formula to Dora to give to Addie. CJ then gets tired of being known as Mr. Madam CJ Walker. They have makeup sex. And then Peaches, the girlfriend, is upset. Lilia is procrastinating about moving to Paris. Walker catches Lilia and Peaches about to kiss. This is the scene where I, I was telling you about. It's it trying to convey the emotion. And, this, and Tiffany Hattis is a horrible, horrible actress. Walker then tells Lilia all she wants is an heir. Lilia says, No, that's your dream, not mine. Walker tells her, You have to. Can't you see? I'm dying. She comes clean to Lilia and that she needs a family to keep things going. She says, If you don't have a family, then what's it all worth? She makes Lily a promise to settle down and have a family. Let me just say this real quick: Octavia Spencer is the new Mammy. That's all she does is these Mammy ass roles. What was the role that got her that put her on the on the map? The the help. That's what's pretty much propagated her to, to stardom. She's a she's she's a, a real life. She's a Mammy. She likes doing Mammy movies, but okay. Um, uh, Wendy, a lot was left out in the series. Yeah, I I, I get all that. I'm just going over the series. I don't, I don't care about the, honestly, I don't care about the history. I just, I'm just going over the series. That. That's all. I hear what you're saying though. Okay. So Ransom, uh, Walker's like right-hand man finds out, uh, sweetness, his, his cousin, sweetness was killed by white supremacists. They attend his funeral. Uh, Addy and Walker have a face off. Walker finally signs divorce papers. Walker's sales agents are upset about her deal with Sondra, Sondra pharmacist, uh, Pharmacies. They plan on going on strike. Walker finally meets with Rockefeller. He tells her who cares what they want and fire them if necessary. Okay. I mean, he's telling her how to, you know, how to survive the business, whatever. Walker agrees to let Lilia be gay. <laughs> Lilia proposes uh, that Fannie Mae will be the heir. That Fanny, this little girl, Fanny Mae, whatever the name is, some little girl that that Lilia met, was doing something, and they hired her to do an ad campaign to be the face, whatever the case of of, of the Walker girl, little dark skinned long haired girl, she's a pretty girl, okay. Her family agrees to let Lilia take her on because uh, her family is destitute and there's too many kids, okay. Yes, Octavia is a new Hattie McDaniel. Yeah, that is so true, so true. Oh, the role, uh, yeah, the movie Ma, that was horrible horrible okay so then walker decides to pull out of her deal with saunders pharmacies to make everybody happy there's then there's your fucking series that that was and then they you know they go through the history and show the pictures and what happened to this person and that person blah blah this was a disgusting fucking series man this is some shit you don't tell people to watch but you have to watch it to, to kind of see what type of bullshit they put in this thing. This was disgusting. This is definitely the sequel to The, to the Color Purple, without question. Uh, hold on. Man, bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Mm-mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Where is it? okay 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 all right so here we go um is that four no all right so i kind of want to save i want to say the last which for last yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna jump to the platform i'm gonna jump to the platform netflix once again okay all right. So here we go. The platform. Everyone's talking about it. We're going to talk about it tonight. OK. <laughs> it's a it's a Spanish film, you know, subtitles and all that good stuff. OK. Ryan, uh, that's what's up. OK, just get it to me, bro. When you have, take your time, when you get when you get it done, that's what's up. OK, so opening scene, we have we have the head chef. We have the restaurant prep uh, preparing a five course meals. Then there's an old man. He tells a young man about three kinds of people, the ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. Now, the ones who fall has that's that's a that's a few meanings with that one. So now the ones who fall literally mean can can mean the people that fall in this platform and they fall from platform to platform. Right. And then also those that fall. You know, the fall of mankind, fall of humanity, or the fall of uh, Lucifer, per se. Okay? All right, so now we're at level 48. They're in the pit. Goran tries to introduce himself to the old man. The old man tells him to move back to the other side of the the room. Trey Magassi is the old man. Trey Magassi is very, very important. He's like Obi-Wan Kenobi in this, okay? He is the Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, so he tells him, Don't pester the ones below, and the ones above won't answer because they're above. They'll be at level 48 for one month. As the table lowers with leftovers, the old man gorges himself with the remaining food. Trimagasi says, At one point, he was on level eight. He says, This month, we have plenty of Muslims and non drinkers, as he chugs a bottle of wine. Goran then grabs an apple for later. And as the table lowers, uh, Trey Magassi spits on the food because he is above those below him. The temperature begins to increase because he kept the apple. You cannot hoard food. Okay. Uh, two, wait, wait, where is it? Yes. Okay. He kept the apple. The food is, yeah, the food is it's for them to eat, not to keep. Okay. So either they will freeze you or they'll turn up the heat on you. Okay. So then there's a flashback. To Goran uh, being told he can't get out uh, un- until the agreed upon time. He agreed because he wanted to quit smoking and read Don Quixote. Six months in exchange for accreditation, for an accreditation degree. Trey Magassi wonders why he also isn't getting a degree. The next day, Goran refuses to eat. Trey Magassi t- tells him he saw a-, a knife ad called the Samurai Max. So we're gonna get into Trey Magazi's backstory, kind of sorta, of, right? Trey Magazi says it's the little things that matter. He bought the knife. He then saw another ad for another knife that didn't need sharpening. He was so upset about what he thought he missed out on that he uh, with the new knife that he took his TV, throws it out the window, it strikes and kills an illegal immigrant. It was either the pit or a mental institution. And there's roughly, th- well, we think there's a roughly 132 levels in this movie. Initially, Gorin wants to start a a chain message to the ones above to ration the food for the ones below. Trimagasi calls him a communist. Gorin asks, then yells to, to those above, uh, Oh, oh! Okay. Then piss on the ones. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Goran asks. Uh, then he yells to the ones. He yells to the ones below, and then the one. Then, he, then he pisses on the food. Oh, shit, wait! I just messed it all up. I just messed it all up. I messed it all up. Okay, so then Fimagasi pisses on the food. Right, and Goran's like, "Well, why'd you do that?" He said, "Well, because we're above, and those above us will do the same thing." Okay. So then next month, they'll be above and piss on them. Gorin then asks Trimagasi, which item did they let you have? Of course, Trimagasi pulls out the knife, the Samurai Max Plus knife. The next day, Gorin decides to eat. After lunch, a body falls down through the platform. Trimagasi says, the upper levels, you can eat whatever you want. You don't have to wait, but the mind runs wild. Tree Magassi tells him he's been to levels 72, 26, 38, 43, 11, 79, 38, and 132. So he's been locked up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, roughly eight months. Okay. Goran then asks, who has, uh, who was he with? Goran concludes Tree Magassi ate his cellmate on level 132. Uh, lunch comes and there's a woman sitting on the table. Trimagasi tells Goran to pay her no mind. She's looking for her ch- her son, or her child, rather. In the pit, you're free to do whatever you want. Trimagasi tells Goran every month, the woman kills her cellmate to free up space in case she sees her, her child, okay? Trimagasi says he didn't kill anyone. His celly completed his time in the pit. He says they ate human flesh, but they didn't kill anyone. As the table lowers itself, the ones below begin to attack the woman. She kills them both, then gets back on the table as it lowers it further down. Days go by, and Gorin uh, becomes institutionalized. Tree Magassi asks Gorin if he believes in God. Tree tells them they'll be gassed and put to sleep and wake up on a different level with a new celly. Tree Magassi tells uh, Gorin he'll uh, he'll have two months left and that Gorin uh, has a big heart. Trimagasi says this month he believes in God. Goran then wakes up tied to the bed on level 171 with Trimagasi. Trimagasi tells Goran, hunger will drive you mad. It's best to eat than be eaten. Another body falls. (laughs) Trimagasi will pretend he's snail that needs impurities purged. The table lowers and it's completely empty of food. Trimagasi says after eight days he'll begin to cut strips of his flesh off, and he'll even feed himself strips of himself if he if needs be. Eight days have come and gone. Now mind you, he's been tied up in this bed for eight days, pissing and cheating on himself, purifying. He's being purified, okay? (laughs) So then Trimagasi says he's been purged and that he'll save his genitals. For later, oh my God. he begins to cut a strip of, of it from his thigh. As the table lowers itself down, the woman is sitting on top of the of the table. She then jumps off the table <laughs> and hits Tregagasi over the head with a champagne bottle. She then grabs his knife and stabs him in the throat. She frees Gorin and hands him the knife, and then he finishes off Trigasi. He, he kills Tregagasi. Okay So then Goren wakes up to the woman eating Trimagasi's flesh. she feeds Gorn a piece of, of, of Trimagasi's dead body. In the kitchen way up top, the old man, the, the chef that runs the kitchen the kitchen is upset. he finds a strand of hair in the pastry dish and he summons four chefs and tries to match the hair to the one to whatever chef it belongs to. Now, Back down in the pit, maggots begin to fill Tregmagasi's rotting body. Goran has an illusion of a conversation with Trimagasi. The next day, Goran wakes up on level thirty-three. Hmm. He meets Emojili and her dog Ramses II. Goran then asks, "How does she know Ramses his name?" Now, Emojili in the flashback scene, was the woman interviewing. Uh, Goran when he first applied for the pit. Okay, Emojili tells Goran there's 200 levels, so we think. She tells Goran he's uh, here to create spontaneous solidarity. The next day at lunch, Emojili makes a plate for Ramses II. She alternates eating days with the dogs. So one one day she eats, the next day the dog eats. Okay, Goran tells Emogili there's a child here. Emo Gilly says, no, there's no children under 16 allowed here. Emojili then tries to tell those below only eat what they need. OK, so what she does is she'll fix two plates for those below. And that's their portion. And they're supposed to ration it out for everybody that goes that as it goes further down for the people that's that's further down. OK, she used to work for the administration for 25 years. 15 days later, Gorin threatens to shit on the food if they don't follow Emo uh, Geely's instructions. Emo wants to try to convince those above them to do the same thing. The next day, the lady uh, rides the table, is badly injured. She tells Emo Geely she's looking for her child. The room begins to get cold because the dog stole a piece of food. Okay? Now, later that night, the table lady... Gutted the dog. She killed Emo Gili's dog dog. Uh, the lady gets back on the table. Emo Jili tells Goran the lady is an actress. She has no children, and came on her own. Now the lady on the table, her name is Miharami. Miharami means to open one's eyes wide. Okay. Emo says she doesn't. She doesn't care anymore, and she shows Goran the cancer that's on her breast. Her cancer is really bad. She calls him an idiot for bringing a book. In the kitchen, escargot is being prepared. In the questionnaire, Emojili had asked Goren, what's your favorite food? He said, it's escargot. Okay. It's the last day, and Emo Gilly refuses to eat because it was the day for her dog to eat. Goran then wakes up at level 202, and Emo has hung herself and begins to hallucinate. Emo says, eat my flesh, drink of my blood. Goran counts the days, and they finally begin to eat. And he finally begins to eat Emojili's flesh. 30 days later, Goran wakes up on level six with a brother named Baharat, who plans on escaping. Okay, Baharat is is something special. All right, so um, the ones above, they mock Baharat's faith and uh, he throws a rope up they catch the rope he's like trying to climb up as he climbs up the rope the woman above shits on his face and he falls down to the ground Goran has another hallucination of fima he says 45 days left Goran then asks baharat to help him uh, to help him get down to make weapons and to ride the platform down to arm uh, to arm those below on each lower level and to get food to the lower levels Uh, uh, Goran okay Goran believes there's 250 levels and they decide to ride the platform all the way down to the the very last to the the very last floor as they go down Goran tells the first 50 people they cannot eat okay they'll be okay They meet Baharat's mentor and the old man in the wheelchair tells them there's a better way. He says to send a message to those at level zero, assemble. He says to send them, send back a a beautifully prepared dish. Then they'll, then they'll understand. So they agree to protect the dish, the paracotta. The paracotta will be the message when it when the platform goes back up at night, they're going to, they're going to send it, the paracotta with it untouched as their message okay now this is the same paracota in the flashback that the the old chef was upset about that had a a strand of hair on it okay all right so then they make it down to level 98 they meet an elderly man and a retarded man the retarded man threatens to smother the old man with a pillow then cut him open and eat the paracota. so needless needless to say they, they beat his ass so on their way down they're just beating everybody upside the head. Whoever tries to steal the food, or whatever the case may be, okay. Goran and Baharat fight off two cannibals. Uh, they come across the two cannibals. They're they're attacking. They're actually one of them is eating the the uh, the, the Maharasi, the the Asian, the table lady, the table lady. Right, she's being attacked. She's being eaten. They engage the cannibals. Bharat's badly injured. The lady that was killed was the eight. It was the, the table writing lady. She she's she's dead. They finally reached the last level. 333. This is what everybody missed. There's 333 levels. Okay. There's two people per level. What number does that give you? Once again, math. Today's math. There's 333 levels. There's two people per level. What number do you get? Six six six. The very last level. Baharat dies from his injuries. Gordon finds the Asian lady's kid hiding uh, hiding underneath uh, a bench. The platform descends even further, leaving them with the little girl and the pet and the panna cotta. They feed the girl the panna cotta. The platform rises up. Barat tell, uh, tells Goran the little girl is the message before he dies. He says the little girl is the message, not the food. Baharat dies from his injuries. Goran, uh, Goran, and the little girl ride the platform even further down, all the way down to the to the very last floor. Okay, Trimagasi tells Goran the message doesn't need a bearer. Goran gets off the table and walks with Trimagasi. So at this point, he's dead. So he he too also died from his injuries. So Goran walks off with Trimagasi, like in the force, because he's dead. He got off the platform. That was his death. And so then the table rises up to the very top with the little girl on top of it. End scene. Wow. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, the platform. <laughs> Holy All right, okay okay Now We're gonna we're gonna we're getting to the 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 creme de la creme the the Crux of the reason why we're all here once again Generous donation made by Alex I won't say your last name out of respect The last witch hunter Alex don't worry I'm working on Species as well I didn't want to give you two for one I want to kind of stretch it out so Next week I'll do Species but tonight, Last Witch Hunter, okay? Last Witch Hunter, Vin Diesel. I can't believe I didn't go see this at the movies. I I, I really missed a good, a good little gem. This was a good little gem of a movie. A good, good little movie. All right. The Last Witch Hunter. All right, here we go. You ready? Calder, played by Vin Diesel. And the Witch Hunters track down the Witch Queen within a plague tree. They are seeking revenge on her for releasing the black plague. They confront the queen, and one by one, the witch hunter, the witch hunters are killed by her or her minions. They're accompanied by a Dolan. A Dolan is a priest. Calder has hallucinations of his daughter and wife. They're dead. They die from the black plague. Before his encounter with the queen. She gets the drop on Calder and, and ties him up. She says, they breed like rats. You put stone on top of stone and then live in your own filth. You are trespassers on our world, which is why every one of you must perish. So that's the queen's motivation. She says, this is why I created the plague. Calder is then able to retrieve his flaming sword. It's called the Hexenbane. The name of Vin Diesel's sword is called the Hexenbane or uh, a.k.a. the witch slayer. Then sets the plague tree on fire. Uh, well, before he strikes the sword, he says, by fire, by fire and iron, strikes the sword, it lights up on, on flames. And then he uh, sets the plague tree on fire, calls a stab to queen. She's able to, re- uh, before he gives her the killing blow, she punches a hole in his chest, grabs his heart, and she says, uh, I curse you with life. So now he's immortal. Okay. And which layer? Did, 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 did. She says, I, I curse you with life to never know peace, to walk the earth alone for eternity. You will never die before she turns into embers. Okay. Fast forward 800 years later. <laughs> 800 years later. So he's roughly about eight. He's like 830, 830, 840 years old at this point. Calder's fine on an airplane. This is very, during a very bad, uh, thunderstorm. Uh, he blows on the window to reveal a sigil. And he says magic. He places a staple in a cup of water and follows it to the direction of the, the state. So he places the staple in the water, in the cup of water, He follows the, like a, like a compass. And it leads him to a a female passenger. It's a girl in another another section of the plane. He then pours water on the guy sitting next to her. He gets up out of the the seat. He sits down next to her. She then calls him the witch hunter. She hands him a bag of of runes. Uh, They can manipulate the weather. Rain, wind, cold, heat. He, He says to her, you witches have no idea the power you got. He douses the runes with the liquid as the storm gets worse. He then is able to separate the runes. The witch asks, uh, are you going to kill her over the to the witch uh, or turn her over to the witch council? Or are you going to kill her? He says no. Uh, before he leaves the plane, he asks one of the flight attendants, he would love to learn how she grew up in Safu." So after he separated the runes, because you're not supposed to just jam them together like that. Okay. He separates the runes, puts them in a... a, a a compartment bag and the storm clears out. So he's walking out. He sees the stewardess. She has an accent. Okay. So he says, wait, 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 wait. Where's it? That one. She She's amazed and says, how do you know? I haven't had an accent in years. He says, you'd be surprised what you pick up. Okay. So now Michael Kane, he is the 36 Dolan. So I'm going to refer to the Dolans as 36 and 37. So that way you know who I'm talking about. 36 Dolan is Michael Caine. Michael Caine is assigned to Calder. Okay. He's like an Alfred. He's the Alfred to Calder's Batman. Okay. 36. Um, 36 narrates. There was a truce. uh, Witches could govern themselves if they followed one rule that magic never be used against humans. Calder works for the Axe and Cross. The Axe and Cross was founded in AD 1211 in Macedonia. Pope Innocent III gave them a secret sigil to deny that they ever existed. 1231 was the year Calder first met. They tracked down on the witch queen to go to go take her out. That was 1231, when the first battle with the witch queen. The headquarters is in the church called Saint Chrysom uh, Saint Chrysotham Church. Okay. It's the world's largest witch prison. All right. Okay. So the 36th Dolan goes to see Calder. As a flight attendant walks out of his elevator, 36 Dolan, I'll just say 36. 36 records Calder's history. He's his handler, confessor, and friend. 36 is retiring after 50 years. He gives him a German pen. Dolan tells Calder he's missing out and to find someone he trusts. The Order of the Axe and Cross refer to Calder as the weapon. Because he's the enforcer, all right? Would you see him? And they run. 36 gives the 37th Dolan a briefing on his new assignment as Calder's new Dolan, played by Elijah Wood. Uh, Frodo, okay? So this is where I'm gonna referring to 36 and 37. So, okay. 36 is being followed by a rogue warlock named Belial. Calder gets a call. The 36th Dolan died in his sleep the next day. 37 has been initiated and is branded with the axe and cross insignia on his forearm. 37 Elijah, he meets with Calder. Calder tells uh, how he was he was there when it oh shit oh shit. Just even Man's grave. Okay, okay. So they meet up. Calder is telling the story of how he remembers when they built New York City. He says they found a mass grave of forgotten slaves. Says they filled the hole at night and kept building. There are shades of evil everywhere. Now, we all know New York City is built on one huge mass grave of of black Indians, basically. So, okay. They go to 36, his office. Calder asks, How do you know when there's magic in the vicinity? 37 says a witch's magic comes from four elements fire water earth and air Applying the correct alchemical triggers will reveal its uh, presence Calder then discovers three dead flies and reveals a pentagram on the floor The windows explode and the floor cracks open. There's a sigil in the window Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go now He has a sigil in the window. It reveals the writings on the walls. A concealment spell was placed to make everything look normal. Calder says elemental magic is neutral at its root, neither good nor bad. <clears throat> but they're dealing with dark magic. There's a bloody fingerprint on the word death in 36's ledger. He then acts 37's hands. He acts to see his hands because he, he suspects everybody at this point. Caller gives him the Master Mason grip. Okay. Anyone go watch, rewatch the movie as uh, he pulls out his hands? He gives him the Master Mason grip. Okay. It's pretty obvious. 37's hands are burned. He says witches burned his house down when he was five. His parents died. He said, Call to walk through the flames, wrapped them in a blanket, and they jumped out of a window, out of, out of a two story window. Calder discovers the missing pen he gave 36. They go to see Max Schlesinger. Max Schlesinger is an old school warlock. Okay. He's blind. He's blind for a reason. Max gave himself cataracts as a protection spell. It's a water-based protection spell to prevent witch council operatives from stealing his recipes from his mind. Now, he operates a cupcake factory. And what he does, he puts spells in, 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 the, in the cupcakes. Okay, that's what he does, all right? Also, like, all these witches have little jobs and gigs, things that they do, okay? All right, so then, okay, Max is a 14th-level warlock. Max snaps his fingers and butterflies scatter. Max is blind. Max sells mind-altering bugs and cupcakes. So, all like these butterflies, 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 okay? Calder asks him about uh, Griffin Sandbane. He says it's rare and forbidden. Used in necromancy, it's dark magic. Max tells Calder anyone who uh, would use it, uh, it, it would use such a herb is not afraid of Calder, which frightens Max. Okay, Max tells him of a man that came to see him and had an order of had a, an an odor of arsenic, and crab apples. Calder tells thirty seven arsenic was used in embalming during the Civil War. Whoever killed Dolan, whoever killed 36, probably lives in a funeral parlor, okay? So the bad guy in question predates the Civil War. That's how far back the bad guy goes back, okay? A little boy follows a trail of gummy bears leading to a gummy bear tree. Calder grabs the boy, and the illusion disappears, okay? The boy then, uh, they're both being watched by Belial. The boy then leaves, Calder enters the building. He finds a little girl that quickly transforms into a man wielding a knife. Calder pins the man to a wall and then acts about 37 or 36. He then brings the man to the witch prison underneath the church. He brings the man to the witch council. He accuses uh, of the, he, he's accused of 36 murder. Uh, 36's pen was found in his place. This is Alec. Alec is the guy being uh Tried for the for the for the murder, the man Alec confesses to killing thirty six, which he didn't. Calder says the cards, the witch, the witch warden. Her name was what's her name? What's her name? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! There with me, Glazer. Her name is Glazer. She's called the governess or the high arbiter of the witch council. So she's the head bitch in charge. Okay, so Glazer pulls the cards. To see what their fate's gonna be. He says she's wrong. The cards are wrong. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, maybe calls believes that yeah. He called believes uh he's not the murderer, he casts a shape shifting spell. The warden, the governess, then passes judgment and then awakens the sentinel to carry him off to, to which prison. Calder then finds a fly on the shoulder of the warden. Calder goes to 36's body and reveals he's been cursed by a plague fly. They were created uh, in the plague tree by the witch queen. The only way for Calder to break the curse is to kill the witch that cast it within two days. Dolan left a clue for Calder to follow. He says, remember your death. Calder goes to a witch's club to buy a memory potion. If he dies or gets injured in his memory, he can die or get injured in the real world. Calder then goes back to the to the night of 1231. Okay. He learns it's Belial. Calder then wakes up, chained to the floor. He slips the handcuffs and engages Belial in the a, in a, in a, in a fight. Belial sets the place on fire. Belial escapes. Calder then rescues the bar owner, Chloe, from Belial. Um, Chloe agrees to help Calder to make another memory potion. They go to her roommate's apartment and discover Miranda is dead. He consoles Chloe. Uh, okay, so then they go to see Danique at a fashion show. Uh, Danique mentions that Calder knew Napoleon, Stalin, and Hitler. As they're walking through the fashion show, uh, Chloe can see the models are witches that use glamour magic to hide their disfigurement. Now, where have we heard glamour magic before? The OG himself, Bobby Hemet. What did he say about glamour? Okay. He said, it's it's not the ego. It's the glamour that gets you in trouble, right? That, that you do, your, do your research on that one. Okay. <clears throat> so then Chloe notices something is wrong with the plants denny blows enchanted smoke in calder's face Chloe is, re- is restrained calder then sees his dead wife and daughter calder then takes out uh D- Danique's guards calder threatens to crush a stone linked to denny's face causing her pain so there's a charm a stone a gem in Danique's necklace that she uses to beautify herself okay she tells Belial she helped him get the burial dirt. Upon leaving, Chloe crushes the stone. Then Danique's face ages rapidly, and she begins to crack and peel, and she turns into a uh, turns into a hag. Okay, so then Chloe reveals she's a Dreamwalker. Belial hunts down Max and sends him to the shadows. Calder uh, shows Chloe the history of Dreamwalkers. Dreamwalkers. They were the Witch Queen's assassins. They could enter your dreams and then turn them into nightmares. Chloe then asks Calder the names of his dead wife and child. Chloe then enters Calder's mind and sees the plague tree on fire. He retraced his steps from 1231. The other witch hunters find the Queen's beating heart. But the Dolan at the time refused to. To destroy the heart because it would have killed Calder. The Dolan hid the queen's heart. The Dolans betrayed Calder. Calder interrogates 37. 37 says he swore an oath to keep the secret. They were afraid if if they destroyed the heart, Calder would lose his immortality. 36 was tortured because he knew where the heart was and he was going to destroy it. 37 tells Calder, 36 is going to destroy the heart to set him free. Belial has the heart and buries it next to Max. Max is strung up in a tree in a crucifix position. The roots grab a hold of, uh, of Max and grow into a new plague tree, killing Max in the process. Calder then sets out to confront the queen. Calder finds Max's body inside the tree. The queen tells Calder he's different. Belial then jumps out to attack Calder. He shoots him with a shotgun. Calder then throws a knife into Belial's throat, killing him. The queen reveals to Calder the immortality was never his. It was hers. He just carried it for her. She says she is reborn. She emerges from the tree and then flees the scene. 36 recovers from the broken spell. It was Belial who cursed him. Okay. 36 admits that they were wrong for keeping the secret. 36 then tells Calder he has to fight. Calder then begins to armor up. He grabs the Hexenbane. Calder is no longer immortal. She took it back. Chloe then joins in to help. 37 accompanies them. They go to the church to discover a plague tree has has grown into the church. The witch council is dead. The queen is using the newly freed witches to chant. As her means of creating a brand new plague tree. So the, the premise is the queen. One last trick up her sleeve. Is she can mind link all of the witches. And they all say there's one particular chant. To help grow a plague tree. So once the, the plague tree is fully grown. Then she can create the flies. And then spread the black plague out into the world. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. okay, okay yes, she's linking their mind in the chain. Calder has to find the weakest link. Calder frees Alec. Uh, The warden necklace activates the sentinel. Chloe has to dreamwalk into Alex's mind to break the chant. To stop the sentinel, Alex has to be put back into his cell, but they can't do that until Chloe breaks the spell in Alex's mind. Calder engages the sentinel. He pulls out the warden's necklace that activates it and crushes it. Uh... Rendering the Sentinel inoperable. Chloe is in hand-to-hand combat inside Alex's mind. She causes him to fall and break his neck. And the dream killing him in the real world. The chant is broken. Calder goes back for the Queen. They have a fight back and forth. Calder then activates the, uh, the Hexenbane. So it's on fire. And he strikes the Queen multiple times before he can finish her off. 37 shows up with a gun to Chloe's head. 37 says, release my queen. 37 says, the witches were his parents. He was born without magic. He shoots Calder in the chest, injuring him. Because he's not immortal at this point. The queen uses Chloe to restart the chant. As the black plague is released. 36 sees the plague coming from his apartment window. Thirty-seven then asks the queen to grant him the gift of magic. The queen says, clay cannot be turned into gold. Without magic, you're just a human. She then infects him with the plague and then kills him. Calder sees his wife and child. They tell him he must get up and save them. The wife says, go, my love, and fight. He then places the runes in the water causing a thunderstorm he grabs the Hexenbane and says, "By iron and fire," and throws the Hexenbane into the into her stomach. As lightning hits the sword, electrocuting the queen and setting her on fire, she falls dead. The plague stops. Chloe is released. Calder is alive, and his immortality has been restored. The queen's heart still beats. Chloe stops him from destroying the heart. She says, "Uh." the She says the world needs him, she, uh, she needs him, and that she can trust him. She touches his hand, and Calder no longer serves the axe and cross. Another reason why she stopped him from from killing the queen, she saw other entities waiting that are much stronger than the queen waiting for for uh, her, to, her her to die off. So if he if he'd have destroyed the heart, there'd have been much, much bigger badder entities to to jump in the mix. And she didn't want that because she knew she knew they couldn't beat him. She couldn't beat them. OK, so she she convinced him to let her live, the heart live to, to prevent the big badasses in the waiting in the wings to jump in. OK. All right. Back at the apartment, Calder gives 36 back his pen and tells him he still needs him. Calder is now in possession of the queen's heart. They drive off in his Aston Martin. The queen's heart is heard beating in Calder's vault. End scene. There's your movie, The Last Witch Hunter. Yo, this got slept on. This got slept on so bad. This was a good little movie right here. And I, I feel bad I didn't get a chance to see this movie. Uh, Alex, that was for you, brother. I got you next week with Species. Don't you worry. So once again, I want to thank Alex for his generous donation, for the for the, uh, bringing us tonight's uh, sponsoring the, the movie breakdowns tonight. Um, also, if you have, if you have something you want me to break down, I will happily break it down for a fee and you can, you too can get your little sponsorship on going on. So, uh, with that being said, that's, that's my movie breakdown for tonight. I hope everybody enjoyed it. learned something. Thank you to everybody that's in the chat. Cindy's crazy asses up in here. Kev, I see you brother. I am five. Edward, what's happening? Uh, Liza Jean, these are nay. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Johnny be good. Elijah's working with Richard Stanley to make love. Uh, yes, I know. I, I, I'm 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 stoked about the Lovecraft stuff. I'm stoked about it. Sydney <laughs> says, if I had to read my hand, this this woman here, she said, what? If I had to read my handwriting, which looked like chicken scratch, I couldn't do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, my handwriting is is like a doctor. It's it's beyond chicken scratch. It's child scratch. You know what I'm saying? It's toddler scratch uh lady pat hey so uh Teku, who i see you brother i see you i see you jj what's happening uh-huh uh-huh Well, faces up in here okay lord Vell, marty make a fly all right all right i got everybody ryan i got you yeah 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 okay so marco what's happening all right all right so that's my breakdown i'm not gonna drag this out um thank you guys for hanging out we will do this again next week Curly, I see what's happening. Um, I see do a review on the first two classes. And I, and I see that. And not... you, y'all have no idea how long my list. My list has grown since the last time I made a video about it. It's grown exponentially. I mean, it's ridiculous. So this is what I got lined up so far. I got Poltergeist, the first one, the, the original. I got Magic. I got to do Species. And two more lined up, so I'm not sure what those last two are going to be, but yeah, ah, Parasite man, everybody's done, done, did, did, everyone did the fuck out of Parasite. Ah, you know, ain't nothing I can add to that, you know, that's been done to death at this point. So, so you know, but hey, I'm gonna get out of here. It's late. Um, guys, enjoy the rest of your night. Ah, holla, peace. And...